Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, a 30 Rock podcast, a weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock, looking at the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurgs that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David Ian. And welcome to episode 56, entitled The Natural Order, originally airing April 30th, 2009. David, if you would please give us a quick summary slash synopsis of this episode. After Tracy and Liz decide that everyone should be treated equally, they get into a battle of the... Not wits. Not not sexes. A battle of who's who who won't crack first. Yeah, in the... the not diversity, what's the, what would that be called? Um, the, Parity? No, Fairness? No, no, no. Well, equality, I guess. Equality. equality. Yeah, it's not discrimination, but the equality, the equality race. Anyway, Colleen's <laughs> in town on the 35th anniversary of Jack Stad leaving him, but he cares about it a little bit more than she does. Also, Jenna adopts a primate. Yeah. No, uh, no, it's, it, that that's pretty much sums it all up, and I'm pretty sure we get every single plot device or, or plot element in the cold open, which I can barely call a cold open. Cause it's it comes almost five in minutes like long. Four yeah. minutes and 20 seconds, so... I think that barely reads as a cold open, but it's technically before the credits, so I say count it. Uh, it's definitely the longest, I think, gap we have from when the episode starts to when we get uh, title credits. So, so far, it's definitely the longest we've had thus far. It might be the longest in the series, but we'll just have to stay tuned and find out. Can't what wait your... to figure out that one. Yeah, we'll keep an eye out. And we will. What are your thoughts on The Natural Order? I thought it was a great episode. Yeah, no, it was I, really I, I, funny. I, I, there are things to talk about. Mm-hmm. And Liz Lemon is racist as usual. And Tracy's sexist. Yes, so. and Tracy is sexist as usual. And so is Jack and just about everyone else. But no, uh, I, I was looking into just doing a little bit of research on this episode. And like it seems like this is like a hit and miss for a lot of people. Like They either really liked it or they just thought it was like subpar. Like, they thought it was too grounded for a 30 Rock episode. Which... Jenna adopts a primate. Yeah, I feel like that's not grounded. Uh, I mean, the rest of it is like a kind of a sitcom-y trope in that there's nothing too crazy happening, but it's still the 30 Rock flavor that makes it special. So I, I have to say I disagree with those, those particular reviews. But I mean, again, it was a hit and miss, so there's people that loved it, people that hated it. That's just about every show, really, but... No, I, I enjoyed this episode. There's a ton of things that happened in this that I remember that still make me laugh, like him walking down the stairs really slowly and Liz's reaction. Uh, the twist still is something that I say to this day. Yes. Like there's just there's a lot of moments in here that and 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 the end is setting up basically to our finale. So we're gonna get like a a two part finale in the coming weeks. Which I can't believe we're already through season three. Like that's crazy. Where, where does the time go? Um, but yeah, I'm, um, any other thoughts we have on the natural order before we kick it in? It's not natural. Let's hop in. Let's hop in. How late is Tracy now? Two and a half hours. This is outrageous. Especially after I was told I can't leave during the day for my ridiculous anger management stupid piece of... I had Grizz call him at 8 o'clock this morning and pretend it was 11. I printed up that fake rehearsal schedule for him, saying we were starting at 9 instead of noon. Oh, and I set all his watches and clocks to say p.m. when it's really a.m. Oh, boy, we may have overdone it. What the hell time is it? Hey, you're here. Let's rehearse. No, 
I took my son to his cello recital this morning at what turned out to be midnight yesterday. White oppressors answer my question. What time is it really? 2.45 p.m. You're a bunch of racists. What? How did we jump to that already? You treat me like a child. No, worse than that. You treat me like one of those little pageant girls with the clip-on teeth. No, no. Oprah says that you teach people how to treat you. And this is what you've taught us because you're always late and you take no responsibility for your actions. Irregardless! You know what? Race card. Don't, don't accept it. I like how Liz's immediate response to Tracy calling them racist is to quote Oprah at him. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. I guess because Oprah, I mean, it makes sense in the Liz character, but it also, like, it just seems like Oprah was that not messiah but she was always that messenger of equality right but it smells of white people quoting martin luther king at black people to tell them how that they should follow his lead or well quoting him to anyone really but especially white people quoting him at black people yeah i i don't know i'm not trying to defend her her snafu there but i mean is she wrong in using that as a defense though i mean if it was just like if she just said i mean i think that's the joke though to me that's that's part of the joke that I mean, he, he oh, calls her racist. You can't call me racist because exactly. I watch. Oprah, like, well, right? not you judge that, but that, like she that that like he calls her racist. She immediately quotes Oprah as like a thing is like as Oprah is well, Oprah's a black person, so that's someone that he you know Tracy right. will respect yeah. or whatever or listen to, or like you know will listen to or something. Yeah, I always thought they were gonna go with. Um, the whole time aspect and being like race related, I thought they were gonna do like CPT stuff. Oh. Which I guess you can. I kind think that's of kind of an implicit. Yeah, the, you can kind of riff. read that it's there, but they don't explicitly say it. Yeah. So, um, which, funny enough, I feel like not a lot of people know what CPT stands for anymore. I feel like it's kind of fallen by the wayside. But I was, I've, I've been going. Well, I just finished, but I was going through a living color, which that show is fine. But a lot of that stuff would not fly these days. Like just Get a it lot fly. of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's just a lot of jokes that are just very aged uh, i mean like, a lot of like homosexual jokes that are just like very rife of stereotypes even by then they were kind of tired nearly 30 years later they're way too tired um a lot of a lot of trans jokes um, i mean they had a they had a number of characters that were male playing females and the joke is look how ugly these people are because you know it's a man dressed as a woman which isn't uncommon and that has well, been I mean, a, yeah, that's been a drag for fit, if, yeah yeah drag cross separate of any sort of trans yeah, but, issue. Um, I mean, it was... They were leaning into it yeah. being that mm. that's the joke. Um, there's still a lot of great bits in In Living Color, but uh, it's just I don't know if it would fly nowadays. Um, but it's still a worthwhile show. If you can find it, it's out there. But uh, just know that it's not as tame okay. as you might remember. But... Um, what, what what was that? I said you segue there from talking about CPT... And oh, oh, yeah. So, well, I mean, they, I mean, they talked about in in the living code that gotcha. they would just like drop okay. CPT off, but I, I never okay, explained gotcha. what that was. So, yes. like, you either knew what that was or you didn't. But <sighs> didn't know where you're going with that for a second. I, I, I was concerned. I got off track a little bit, but that's that's about common. But I also like the physical joke here of Tracy literally carries around a race card with him, but yes. it has nothing on it. It literally just says race card because you always hear about the race cards that are the actual personification. Pull the race card. <laughs> It's funny. It's it's a funny gag. Also, I wish they'd set up that Jenna has anger man- management issues. In yeah, the I, that was kind of random and out of nowhere. They yeah, I don't think they've made any reference whatsoever, have they? 
No, we've never really seen her get angry. Um, they could have used a better joke, though, of like maybe Alcoholics Anonymous or something like that, because she's never been a mean drunk or she's never been like crazy slosh, but we know she drinks. So, I mean, that would have been a better, better joke than something out of nowhere that never comes back into play. Because even that joke of her anger management doesn't even come back again in this episode. We don't see her getting angry, yeah. so it's kind of a weird throw-off joke. Narcissists Anonymous, that could be the group she goes to. That were Something like that. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Liz heads up to Jack's office and learns some news of his mother being in town. Hey, Jack, just a heads up. Tracy knows what time it is. Damn it. Sir, uh, your mother would like to have breakfast with you at the hotel tomorrow, and she had me make dinner reservations for tonight. And by night, I mean 4.30 this afternoon. Colleen's in town. If you need a break, I'd be happy to take her out. There's a restaurant hostess in Midtown I'd like to see cry. Thank you, but I need to be the attentive son this visit. This Thursday marks an anniversary for my mother, an unpleasant one. 35 years ago, my father, Jimmy Donaghy, went out for a pack of cigarettes, came back, smoked one, told my mother he was leaving forever, and walked out the door. Oh, boy, that must be hard for both of you. He treated her like dirt all those years, coming and going, taking up with other women, including more than one Unitarian. Every time he came back, I promised myself I would tell him off. I had my speech all planned, but I always chickened out. It's the biggest regret of my life, Lemon, and I once made love to Kathy Hilton. Do you want a hug? What is this, the Italian parliament? No, thank you. Well, you're a good son. I know she's not easy. Sir, your mother had me move her from the plaza to the Carlisle. Evidently, the concierge at the plaza uh, has a beard, and she'd rather not get raped. Yeah, that joke doesn't really land. I mean, I guess you just assume people with beards are potentially going to do something to you. I don't know. It's not a great joke. For a lot of reasons but really it just doesn't land because it doesn't make sense really um but there I, I noticed on this viewing so when jack goes to see his mom he's like oh you made reservations for dinner tonight and she's like no i made reservations for breakfast with you tomorrow but i had plans tonight and she goes i told your girl so jonathan wasn't wrong but maybe she wasn't clear in her message that i have plans for dinner tonight with someone else or she wasn't going to tell him that but so there is some continuity in that yeah the the message was there and wasn't as clear as it could have been so he's not wrong in going there to see her later to to determine why she isn't ready to go to dinner with him so there's that's that's some fun planting the seeds foreshadowing you might say that's a good word that's a very good word i like foreshadowing better uh back on the t this is a really long cold open but (laughs) there's a it's literally setting up all the plot so it's okay okay um Back on the TGS set, there is a substitute in for Tracy and a confrontation with Liz. Please tell me we've started. Yes, actually, we're in our second run through. What is this? Tracy hasn't come back yet, but he did send a Gibbon to rehearse in his place. <laughs> He's pretty good. Did you guys know about this? Tracy has asked us to read this prepared statement. Dear racist Liz Lemon. Oh. This is how you treat me, like a white whiskered gibbon put on this earth to do nothing but dance around for your amusement and reduce the insect population of Malaysia. I don't know which of these five cell phone numbers he answers, but you get Tracy down here right now. Why? The gibbon is on time, he knows he's blocking, and he doesn't try to bite the dancers. I think I've proven my point. 
Oh my God! Like we really have time for you to walk down the stairs that slowly. Time jump. Tracy, it costs the show a lot of money when you pull these shenanigans. Don't patronize me with your Celtic slang, Liz Lemon. We have a black president now. What do you care? You voted for Nader. This is post-racial America, and I demand to be treated like everyone else. You want to be treated like everybody else? Fantastic. Then tomorrow, I'm sending a regular town car for you instead of one of those duck tour boats. Fine. And you're no longer allowed to point at women in the cafeteria and yell, I want to get that pregnant. Fine. I'll bring my lunch from home. And be here tomorrow at 10 a.m. and know your lines. You don't think I could do that? We'll find out tomorrow at 10 a.m. Fine. But I'll have the last laugh. <laughs> Where's Tracy going? He's just going right back <laughs> up to the stairs. <laughs> uh, well, he can walk in the same direction. That's true. It's the thing. They could have walked for me anyway. It doesn't matter. That's for the bit. Anyway, uh, yeah. There's a lot in that scene that I really enjoyed. The him walking down the stairs and then. The quick cut from cutting to her being upset, and then he's right back in front of her, and she even like mumbles like "time jump," like the sort of inside joke of that's how they edit things like that. But it's also like just the confrontation that they have. It also reminds me of a later episode we're gonna get when. Uh, so you remember when they're doing like the behind the scenes? I think it's part of the Queen of Jordan stuff where Jenna or uh, Liz and Tracy are mad at each other, and so like they're fully remember the setup and you probably wouldn't remember anyway it's been so long for you nope. uh, but basically like they're arguing back and forth and then they're they don't want it to be on camera because it's too personal and neither one of them really wants to do any of the reality parts so they keep arguing but uh liz and uh, tracy's singing billy like singing to the tune of billy joel songs so they can't use any of his like bits and so they, they just start singing back and forth like in like Billy Joel tunes to like argue but have it out at each other but they can't use them in the reality. That's what this scene reminds me of. It's just like them... Because I, I like that dynamic because we haven't seen Liz and Tracy really get mad at each other yet. So it's a fun dynamic that we're starting to explore for the rest of the series. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot in that scene. But the cold open is finally over. Um, hooray. I'm just wondering why that that last line is what pushes him to have to and I, I mean we get sort of get the answer in the next scene here but like why that's the one that sort of challenges him the most of like just be here to do your job because i feel like she says that to him all the time so like why that was suddenly the one that pushed him to where like oh i actually i'm, I'm a challenge and i have to live up to the challenge now like i've never i never quite got that read of why that works well, I, it's, I guess because it's framing the conversation of treating everyone equally. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess. I Because, eh. I mean, the lead-in is talking about, we have a black president now. This is a post-racial America. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, they've never framed... I mean, they. I guess the Liz telling him to do whatever has never been, hasn't been framed in that context before that yeah. we've seen, so... Yeah, but I mean, it's it, the, the the big takeaway from this is Tracy wants to be tweeted equal, but he doesn't want to get tweeted equal. Tweeted, you know, tweeted at. Uh, he wants to be treated equal, but 
he doesn't want to give up any of the concessions and arguably the privilege that he has oh. that comes with being a multi-million Sounds like things haven't changed much since then. No. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's just, it, it's kind of funny. Whereas Liz is in a good position, but she doesn't necessarily have the privileges. She has privileges well, being I mean, a white female. She is a rich but, white lady in Manhattan. Yeah, so. but I mean, she's still, like, I mean, Jack has a line later, well, I pay you less. So. Well, that's true too. But I mean, she still has privileges, but she's like she wouldn't be able to get away with what tracy does regardless even in in her same position if she just stopped showing up to work or starts doing a half-assed job she would be fired whereas tracy they're not going to get rid of him because right. he's too much money makes too right. much money for them so plus yeah also he's in front of the camera exactly so yeah. it's easier to get away with stuff when like you're a celebrity that a people face. know yeah yeah and now we get some more continuity coming back from kenneth party from last season where uh fallout boy was supposed to show up basically everyone goes to kenneth's party and trashes his apartment and he's never allowed to have a kenneth parcel halloween party again uh but grizz and dot com uh, interrupt liz who's working beth that was a big mistake you made oh, grizz it was a year ago you're engaged now just drop it okay Oh, hey, Dotcom. Yelling at Tracy in front of everybody was a bad move, Liz. Yeah, well, it's not my job to protect his feelings. I told you she would turn cold. She's an ice queen. Grizz. I'm just saying, you humiliate Tracy in front of everybody like that, you give him two choices. One, he won't show up tomorrow, and you'll look like a fool in front of your crew. Or two, he will show up. And he'll find an even worse way to act out. Exactly. Okay, I still... I. No, you explained this previously, but I would like you to explain again why Liz would look like a fool if he doesn't show up. Yeah, well, I mean, it's sort of going back to the thing that I said about the end of the last scene. Is like, why was her challenge then the one that he accepts and he realizes, oh, I have to give in? Because that line of, if, if he doesn't show up, you look like a fool. Well, I mean, the, the, the answer I had when you asked me that before we started recording was... If he doesn't show up, it just shows that there's no responsibility for your actions. So other people on set, either Jenna or even someone behind the crew, could say, well, she threatens you, but if you just still act out or if you don't show up, she's not going to get rid of you because she realizes how important you are kind of thing. So like, I think it's it's important that for her that he shows up. Otherwise, she just looks weak. True, but he already does that anyway. She's exactly. one of yours. Part A, part B, the whole premise around this is... He's saying that everyone should be treated equally, so he should act as everyone else. So if he doesn't show up, it's him not living up to the promise, what he promised Liz right. of wanting to be like everyone else. So right. I don't see how that makes her look like a fool. Like, yes, like, right, she, she can't fire him, but still, like, it makes him look worse because he's just made this grand statement that he's going to, you know, be responsible and act, right. act as everyone else acts, yada, yada, yada. So if he doesn't show up, he's breaking that promise. So it's, it's more him. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I still don't, I, I still don't see yeah, how she looks like a fool. I, I mean, and seeing what we know Tracy has gotten away with in the past, it really doesn't make sense for that threat to be handed out because it doesn't... Clearly, nothing's going to happen. Even if she tries to fire him, Jack's not going to let her. Or try, Yeah, Jack's not going to let her fire him. So the threat is is pointless, in, 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 my, in my opinion, because the worst she could do is just get mad at him. She's not going to cut him from the show. She's not going to fire him. Uh, she wouldn't make his job harder because it would just mean he would stop showing up more. So it's it's. But not. she also wouldn't look like a fool because he'd just be doing what he always does. Then, right, she's coming when he wants. Yeah, so. but again, I guess reinforcing her as a fool because 
well, like, again, she's not going to get he's not going to get punished. So she still looks like a fool as, as a result because she made this big scene in front of everyone, and he agreed that he was. Ah, it's it's there's it's funny jokes, but there's no weight to the threats. So it's kind of like it. It's kind of kind of weak. Anyway. Also, call back to when Lizzie Gr- yes, Lizzie Grizz <laughs> hooked up. At, I just that's how I opened that I scene. Why would you repeat it? I didn't. Well, you didn't specifically say what you you said. The references back to the Halloween party, but you didn't say anything about them hooking up. The fans know. The fans. The fans know. Rude. Uh, Jack heads over to the Carlisle and confronts his mother, who is in town. <laughs> Here. I'm here to pick you up for dinner. No dinner. We're having breakfast in the morning. I told your girl. My assistant is named Jonathan. Yes, I know. I met him. And he also said we had a reservation for dinner tonight. Oh, Jack, there's been a misunderstanding. I have a previous engagement with a friend. Hey, Colleen, can I borrow one of your ties? Oh, brother. Paul, this is Jack, my son. Jack, this is Paul Brett. Mother, I didn't realize you were bringing a companion along. Companion? <laughs> How fancy. Paul lives in Florida. He paints landscapes and he makes his own soda. Jack, why don't you join us for dinner? Great. I'll call the restaurant, see if they can seat a third wheel. Oh, it's so nice to have Colleen back. She's she's so great. Um, looking into this actor uh, that's playing Paul, uh, his name's John Cunningham. Um, just looking quickly through his his filmography, he's just like another character. Oh. He's just like he, one roles and like, he looks like someone who would have been famous like for being in an eighties or seventies sitcom. He, but I guess he just that's he looks like that. Yeah, he he looks like the dad from Different Strokes a little bit, which uh, okay. uh, I can't think of that actor's name or that character's name right now. Arnold is the Paul. son. No, <clears throat> Drebin, Mr. Drebin, Mr. Drebin is the character. Can't think of the actor's name. Anyway, that's who he looks like. But he was. Uh, this is going to be a reference that no one uh, in the audience is going to get, but you'll get because we cut it last week. But he played Gene Osterman in an episode of A Good Wife. Wow. Yeah. Um, um, he's just a character actor. He's been in just a ton of stuff, like eight eight Law and Order episodes. Wow. So. so oh, so maybe he's a he's a stage actor then or something. Yeah. He's just—he's. I mean, he's been working for several, several decades, really. So he's—he's he's been around. Um, but yeah, uh, aside from this, nothing that I've seen oh. him in elsewise. I guess he's one of those people who just looks familiar. Yeah. He has that look. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he does a good job, and he's only in a handful of scenes in here, but he does a good job. So he has talent, obviously. But I just love the sassiness of Colleen, especially that last line. See if they can see the third wheel. Like she's looking directly at him when he says it, or when she says it. So it's so mean. So I feel like the uh, living in Florida and paints landscapes and makes his own soda is like a very pointed joke. Like is that like I, I don't know if that's a stereotype about like old men retirees in Florida, but I feel like that's what it's probably drawing on. It, it, it's too specific to be like, like it's like I feel like painting landscapes yeah. and makes your own soda just sounds like a. It's I don't know. It's so specific. It sounds like oh, that's what people retirees in Florida do. Yeah, or it's, landscapes it's, to pass the time. It's so antithesis of what the typical person in Florida is that it's like it's a catch because like I mean, obviously for non-Americans, Florida is the place where a lot of people go to retire, and retirement you're usually not as active. So if you're someone that's painting regularly and making their own soda, you're more active than the rest of the bodies around you. So maybe well, it's more appealing. I, and I mean, and we learn at the end of the episode he can drive a car at night, so that's, that's also true. It's a very plus, special. So it's. 
I don't know if it's a particular reference, other than it's it's kind of unique. Well, not reference. I guess I was reference. thinking more more of the school of like you know George Bush's hobby was painting. Oh, that's when, right. So sort of like a reference of like well off to do retirees like they paint. They're, or they're quirky. That's their quirk. Well, not, so not yeah. quirks. Just like that's their hobby now. They do. They yeah. paint or whatever. Or make soda. I don't know. No, I don't know any retirees in Florida. So, so there's a couple. I've, there's a. This is a busy episode. We're gonna cut some stuff out. Uh, so this is a busy episode. We're gonna be cutting out a lot of scenes. Uh, we are gonna be cutting the first scene where uh, Jenna meets the Tracy Standen. Was what I was supposed to say. Uh, but there is a fantastic line that Kenneth has. Of, Oh, I'm sure once it attacks a child, animal control would just shoot it, which is just like, God, that's awful. But it's also probably what would happen. Um, so we're cutting that, and we're also cutting the bit of Jack explaining how much he hates Paul, even though he barely knows him, to Liz because... Daddy issues. Daddy issues. A lot of daddy issues. But it's also funny, going back to last week's episode of how Jack is a womanizer... Do you think that's him acting out because that's what his dad did? Oh, for sure. Kid, so. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. It's just it's like, why would you want to repeat the mistakes of the, the previous generation? I mean, I feel like that's the story of humanity. I know, and that's the frustrating part. But it's, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're always told, learn from your mistakes, but you we, don't learn from we, other people's we don't, mistakes. We don't believe in history. We only that's believe true. in the present. Uh, not the future either. <laughs> just, just the present. Exactly. Um, when we return... To the 30 Rock stage, and Tracy is here. He knows all of his lines, and he is putting on a fantastic rehearsal. But there's a twist. Tracy, you're here already. Professional is my middle name. No need. I've got it memorized. I'm going to do a Valentino cross, camera right, then dump the lab. So stay on your fours, guys. One, two, three, jump and pull! 3.15, time for union break. Thank you, Tracy. That is so great for morale. Listen, about yesterday. No, do not apologize. In fact, everyone gather around. Actor announcement. I want to publicly thank you, Liz Lemon, for you have shown me that in today's world, everyone should be treated exactly the same. No one should get preferential treatment. I agree, exactly. Not black comedy superstars, not Hispanics, not Indians, not whatever this guy is, and not women, Liz Lemon. I'm right there with you, Tracy. Good. I feel parched from being so professional. Could I trouble you for some water? Yeah, of course. Mm. Brian, did you help me out with this? No, no, equality. What? Everyone should be treated the same, right, Liz Lemon? You should change it. Yeah, okay. I know how to do this. <laughs> so mostly because it's a visual joke, we, and it goes on for a little while, we're going to cut her trying to change the water. And it's, it's, it's a genuinely funny, like, pratfall idea of her really struggling and barely getting any actually into the, the water cooler. Um, but... You feel like yeah, I feel like he has something to say. So go, I go ahead, and I, I'll, I'll probably add to it. Yeah. But. So I feel like I, well, I guess it wouldn't be quite on Liz's side because she goes to it; she doesn't push back. But I, I feel like I, it's change. I don't know. I feel like it's it's gendering like who gets to change or think. Like <clears throat> I feel like there are plenty of I don't know. Like in 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 an older job I had, we our office water thing was like a tank like that and like there was someone whose job it was to change like it wasn't a thing of equality like it was like right. it was just that person who did it. so it's like i feel like 
her asking for help isn't isn't like necessarily a being equal thing. It's no, a, that's the person who usually changes the water tank or yeah. Because you know. I don't think her read of "Can you help me?" is "Can you do this for me?" It's like, hey, just give me a hand. Like, if you don't mind taking that off, and I can put the other one. On. Like, she's not asking him to do it. Right. He's asking her just to help her. Right. So I've never really liked that either in terms of being a another battle wound in this in this war because it's just like she didn't do anything wrong like she was abiding yeah. by the rules that were set i don't know it's, it, but it's also like she's now seeing how good tracy is she can't be vindictive to him because that gives him more ground so she has to she yeah. has to go in on it but it's like well i get from that perspective i just don't like it's just weird to say like the war tech needs to be changed like you change it and also yeah. ask for help because I mean if, if, if it was a you, guy the show if it was a, I mean, change the water right. tank rather than the person and if the other guy had been changing it like would he have done it all himself maybe but maybe he would have asked someone just because it would have been a little bit easier like right. to have someone take one and hold the other while you put the other in like you know yeah. what I mean and so that's so that's why it doesn't so from the Tracy perspective it doesn't land I mean from no. from a bit I mean from the from the, I mean it's good other than comedy, him just so. being vindictive and yeah. knowing she can't do it so yeah. he can use that as leverage yeah. that's that's the only reason it works for him otherwise it really doesn't make any sense and that was that was what I was going to say so two minds think alike is what I'm saying it's a good saying you should trademark I'm going to coin that right two now. minds think alike restricted Circle R and TM. That's mine. Restricted circle R and TM. Is that what's called? Restricted, right? Uh, Rights reserved? No, no. R. So R is registered trademark. Registered. Ah. Yeah. Restricted is for movies. Movies. Yeah. (laughs) I'm dumb. Oh, and we get our second cameo of the episode in Steve Buscemi, who's back as Lynn. Very quickly. Very quickly. But in a very Very, funny... But very... And I really like the, the joke that it ends on, but we'll talk about that after the scene. Hello, Len. Well, thanks for meeting me here, Mr. Donaghy. You, uh, staking out a cheating husband? No, I'm taking a photography class. Look at the way the sunlight hits that cobweb. So, uh, what have you got for me? Well, I looked into this Paul Brett guy, and I gotta tell you, this is the weirdest case I've ever worked. I knew it. What is he, a check forger? Real estate swindler? Bird owner? No, he's clean. What? I've never seen anything like it. Everyone's got something to hide. For instance, I'm wearing a child's Halloween costume under this. But this guy, no priors, no debts. He's been married to his wife, Louise, for 35 years. He's married? Yeah, I wish I had more to give you. But this Paul Brett guy, he's he's like a Boy Scout. I'm sorry, Mrs. Donaghy. There's a couple things I like about that. One, the visual joke of when we first see Lynn, he's leaning over this car and he's taking pictures. And so as he's leaving, he circles the car to head around to the driver's side and you think, oh, he's going to get into his car. And then it just pulls back a little bit and you see there's a bike against the gate and he gets on the bike and rides away. Uh, but it's also... And then additionally, Lynn, I guess, has just done so much private investigation. He doesn't think someone being married and now being in another relationship is anything alarming. Like, it just seems like he's so... like. I guess maybe oh. like cold to it. That's just like this. Is like that's not a big like. There's like he's literally saying like this guy's clean. There's nothing wrong with him. And it's like well, I mean adultery is kind of not good, but it. I guess relatively it's probably. So I read it differently then. Okay. I, I took it as Jack just asking to investigate this person. He didn't give him any context into who he was. 
Oh. Like he didn't say, check out, could you research him? He's he's, oh, he's seeing my mom. My mom. Oh, I think okay. he, I think I, I just read it as he just said, investigate Paul, whatever his name is. Hmm. Okay, so that's fair. I just assumed he had all the information, which is why yeah. I feel like Jack would have just been like, hey, there's a guy that's seeing my mom. Can you investigate him? That, that's what I'm assuming. Yeah, well, I'm saying, but but, the, but because of the way the reaction plays, where he says he's clean, I mean, I feel like if you're a private investigator, like looking for marriage, mar- marital infidelity is like one of the biggest things you're looking for. So that wouldn't be a humdrum thing. That would be like a, a, a yeah. Yeah, that's, well, I guess I didn't read it that way. Yeah. So I mean, he could have been. I mean, it could have been Jack wanted to hire him and he was investigating for that or make a business deal or I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, ah, I, yeah, I so I read it as he didn't know it was he was dating. Okay, that's a fair read. I genuinely didn't even think of it that way. I just assumed he had all the details when Jack was asking him to, uh, to look into it. Uh, but we come back to 30 Rock. Uh, Liz is dealing with the repercussions of being equal, and Jenna and little Jenna uh, asks Kenneth for a prop. Maroni, I have the ukulele you asked for. Oh, it's not for me. Someone's in a little mariachi band today. Ma'am, this is a wild animal. You can't treat it like a person. No, he's happy. His costume is hiding his erection. Well, as a child, I had a prize pig that I thought was my best friend. But then one day I picked up one of her piglets. She went crazy. She bit off my nutsack that I kept tied around my belt to feed squirrels. Please be careful, Miss Maroni. The timing on that joke is perfect. But yeah. I wonder how many times they had to run that by like uh, just censors. Uh, censors. Yeah, say because it, it was like, a good beat the censors joke. Yeah, because there's a there's a timing there that it's so quick that if he if he had hung around a, like a little bit longer, they'd be like, no, you got that's that's too much time. You gotta you gotta shrink that down a little bit. Cause, but yeah. it's it's perfect timing. It's such a perfect delivery of that line. Ugh. Good job. Good job, Jack McBrayer. So the writer's room are treating Liz just like one of the guys now. She doesn't know what she's in for. And meanwhile, she goes to Jack for some advice. And he's not great with it. Hey, Jack, do you treat me any differently because I'm a woman? Oh, I pay you a little less, yeah. I mean, day to day, do you coddle me? In some ways. With a man, I can be more direct. But with you, uh... I have to have a conversation, talk things through more. Give me an example. Well, uh, right now comes to mind. Are we through listening and sharing? Because I have something I want you to look at. It's a marriage certificate. It's Paul's marriage certificate. My mother's boyfriend, he's married. What? I knew I was right. That guy is shady. Oh my God, have you told Colleen? No, Colleen. I have an opportunity here, Lemon. A chance to go back to the past to put things right that once went wrong. That's the quantum leap intro. But be that as it may, I'm finally going to stand up for Colleen. The small part of her that is still human deserves it. I'll see Paul, and I'll give him the speech I wrote for Jimmy Donaghy. Paul's not your dad, Jack. But Paul's here, and he's taking advantage of my mother. Now, what I originally wrote for my father may be dated. Who would be our current Nikita Khrushchev? Simon Cowell? I don't think that Simon Cowell joke really has legs. I don't think it had legs then, and I don't think it has legs now. So 2000, yeah, American Idol would have been on for like five years at that point. So, I mean, still, I mean, that was still when it was very, very big. Yeah, but I mean, his whole gimmick was he was just mean. 
Like, I don't well, think there were, like, a lot of people... Isn't Nikita Khrushchev is, like, the bang, the she with the UN angry speech or whatever, so oh, maybe... Is that Khrushchev? Yeah. Oh. So I guess that's what it's kind of I guess. referencing. Yeah, I, I've never really liked that joke. I mean, yeah, I don't think it's great. Especially now it feels, like, real... I mean, it's incredibly dated now, because, yeah. I mean, there's way worse reality yeah. hosts that uh, than Simon Cowell. He's pretty tame. I like him because he now. tells the truth. Mm, yeah, I think we heard that a lot in 2016. <laughs> Back in the writer's room, the the team is getting ready to go out for Lutz's... Uh, did we set up Lutz's? No, we didn't. So, there was a scene we had to cut out for time, obviously. Uh, Lutz decides he's going to have a bachelor party because he realizes he'll never actually get married, but he wants the joy of having a bachelor party. So, the writer's team are getting ready to head out, Tracy included, but... Twist! Hello, Elizabeth. Tracy, shouldn't you be working down on stage? I'm done with my work. I was very professional. Hmm, that must have been hard for you. It was. All right, Tracy's here. Let's do this bachelor party. Yeah! You come in, Liz Lemon? Because a dude boss would be a jerk if he didn't come to Lutz's bachelor party. Also, a dude boss would pay for it. Yeah, I'm coming. Of course I'm coming. But you're not. Twist! You have to stay here. I haven't gotten your notes on the rewrite, and your input is invaluable to the process since we're all equal now. Let's go see some naked daughters and moms! All right. So that's a better that's a better blow on the battlefield because because he works on the show. It makes more sense that he would have insight and would provide something to the writing. So that's that. I think that's better ammunition she has than him forcing her yeah. to change a water. Well, I think yes. I, I think it's better, but it's still it's like, I mean, he's an actor, not a writer. So like, is Jenna gonna do input? Is Josh gonna come back from wherever he is to do input? <laughs> God, that poor guy. But so I, 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 yeah, I agree. It's clever and definitely has a twist. It's it's a really fun twist to mm. how the, how the scene goes. But I. I if you're talking, I don't know, being treated equally, like right. I mean, he, an actor isn't, isn't well, really expected I mean, to. Well, but give... we've seen Josh in on the writers' room. So That's we true. Know, we, we know he's a part of. It. And we've seen Jenna in there too, whether she's part of it or not. Yeah. We we've seen her in there. We rarely see Tracy yeah. in there because he has his own dressing room, and he, as this episode sets him up, he's never there anyway. Um, but no, you're 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 absolutely right. Does. But it's it's but less than that. It's really now them just being vindictive. Yeah. But in this case, I mean, because it, it plays into the the twist really well. So I think it it function it plays into the scene more fluidly than the water yeah. water tank. The water cooler the water cooler is yeah. just a good pratfall. Yeah. And and there's even a quick callback before this scene of her having to change it now in the writers' room, and there's just white water all over the floor. It's a good joke and it's a good bit, but if you think about it too much, it's it's not the best that they could have done in terms of using that as ammunition for the other one. Uh, but meanwhile, Jack confronts Paul and gives him the speech that he was going to give his dad. Oh, hello, Jack. I'm sorry, your mom's out shopping. I know. My credit card company called to confirm my purchase of a book entitled Intercourse After Hip Surgery. Well, why don't you come on in? I'm just watching the Hotel Channel. You can check out on the TV. I bet you can, you son of a bitch. I beg your pardon? 
I am tired of watching you treat my mother like this. I am not afraid of you. You're just a big bully. Like Simon Cowell. That's right. I just called you a communist. I want you out of our lives forever. And I want you to know that I am never going to be anything like you when I grow up. What in God's name is going on here? Paul is leaving, Mother. And I think you should know why. He's married. Oh, my God. I know that. <sighs> Paul, find something to do in the bathroom. I have to talk to my son. <laughs> I just love the line, find yeah. something to do in the bathroom. Like, not go in the bedroom or anything. Like, literally just go in the bathroom find something to do. Like, just busy work. Uh, yeah, but this next scene, it's going to run a little bit longer, but it's going to set up not only the finale of this episode, but it's going to set... There's, there's a good line delivery that I really only caught... I never caught the first time watching this episode. I caught it in, in previous reruns, but setting up the end of this episode as well as what's going to be coming in the in the finale of this season. So, did you catch it this this go around? Catch um, what exactly? I win. Okay. Shoot. You knew. It's Florida, Jack. It's like it never stopped being the seventies down there, and a guy like Paul who can drive at night? You just don't say no to that. Well, I apologize then. I thought we were going to get through this together. I guess your coping mechanism is to bring a married man back to your hotel room. Coping? What am I supposed to be coping with? It's the 35th anniversary of dad leaving. Which time, Jack? That man left and came back so many times that I totally lost count. One night, he went out to move the car, and he was gone from the spring of 57 until one night he just showed up out of the blue. Put your shoes on, Collie. We're going to see some like it hot. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. You honestly don't remember when he left for good, because I sure as hell do. Oh, my God. Is that what this is all about? Is that what you've been holding on to all these years? Jack! Stop wasting your time thinking about that man. You're nothing like him, you know. No way you ever could be. What does that mean? I don't know. I'm, I'm old, Jack, you know. And I don't know what I'm thinking about half the time. I do know this. You're my good boy. I just love you to death. Thank you, Mother. And I love you, too. Paul, you're on your own tonight. I have a date with my son. He's taking me out to a late dinner. It's uh, six o'clock. I really do like that scene. That's another one of those. You remember many episodes ago, I was saying like there's there's small moments of Thirty Rock where there's like actual emotion and there's actually emotional depth or whatever. That's one of those scenes, like her like getting really upset that like which time am I supposed to remember that he ran out on me because like there's so many I've lost count. Yeah, like, that's, it's it's really good to line delivery and obviously Elaine Stritch is fantastic because she always does a great job. But um, I uh, I'm, I'm going to circle back to something that I, I set up. But there's one thing in this that I the, that last joke that they end on. I, it's funny because haha, people old people eat lunch early or eat dinner mm-hmm. early. So the joke is, oh, six o'clock's a late dinner. But the joke only works because he says to no response, uh, it's six o'clock. Like, he's saying that for the audience. Right. Like, it would be better if, like, there's just a clock somewhere or something that's oh, showcasing mm. time rather than him saying, like, yeah. because 
like it just doesn't make like if she said like if he says uh, it's six o'clock she's like oh that's so late then that then the joke lands better yeah. but if it's just like i'm going out for a late dinner and he's like uh, it's six o'clock and all she does is just like look at him yeah. then that's the pause for laughter but the, mm. it's not funny because yeah. you've explained the joke already so it's just like yeah. i've never liked that joke that's but, true good read. i didn't mind it but that makes sense that's a good good uh criticism criticism <laughs> uh, but circling back so she she says there's no way you could ever be like him and then foreshadowing which is fantastic foreshadowing for we know what's not only the end of this episode that's coming in the next couple episodes but um yeah no i i i never caught that in my first well you wouldn't catch it in the first viewing because you're not expecting anything but um, even repeat viewings, I didn't catch it until like a couple. I mean, I've watched this series so many times. I eventually it caught on, but yeah, it's just a great line delivery. You'll never be like him, like and he, and it. They they cut the jack, and he sort of like starts thinking like, what could that mean? Uh, and then she she realizes she's about to be caught in a lie, but it's not it's not hung on that moment for too long to seem like it's setting up something. So it's, it's almost like a really good throwaway line. I think it's a very subtle delivery that it's like, oh, that could just mean anything and that doesn't mean anything. But then the very end of the episode, that all comes back into play. So I think it's a great scene. Um, and I'm glad we got Elaine Stritch to do that. Yay. She's got, she's a ticking clock. Uh, she's only got a handful of episodes left in this series. So that's quite a way to put it. I mean, it's true. It's not. You said, like, you said like she passed away during the show's run or something, didn't she? Because she's not in the. She. she oh, I thought it was after the show ended. I can't remember now. Because there's one episode where they literally are talking about her being. Spoiler oh, alert for like season uh, six or seven. She oh, does pass she away did. in the show. So I think she, or maybe she was just in bad health and they couldn't, they didn't have her on. But I think mm-hmm. she passed away, um, in the midst of the series so. i'm not sure now well we'll, we'll, we'll revisit it. at some we'll, point when we get there in a year and a half maybe <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out um but yeah I've, I've always really liked that scene except for that last year that last year just ugh, i really don't like it so the what are we what are we calling this the race wars i don't know what not race what? wars, but what are we calling this that this battle between liz and tracy the denouement that the french word <laughs> that Tracy and Liz are having uh, finally comes to a head and they're, they're both at their breaking points. So who's going to be the first one to break it up? Okay, which one of us is going to give up first? The black one. I can't take it anymore. I hate it. One of those strippers took off Lutz's shirt. That clan thing is no joke. Everything is upside down. We need to go back to the way things were with both of us getting preferential treatment. Yes, we upset the natural order. You're going to strip clubs. I'm up writing all night. Look who's a sailor. We're dressing monkeys up as people, and monkeys are playing with people as toys. It's not a toy, Tracy. Little Jenna thinks that this is her baby. Oh, no. You said you loved me! Your foot fingers are so strong. You don't want to end up like those two. You're so right. <laughs> Look, we're okay. He's just expressing himself. So I like how they subvert the typical sitcom trope at the end like everyone's like oh we resolved our issue let's hug and they're doing it because jenna is being attacked by a given violently yeah and they don't help no they (laughs) just just walk away everything's okay now hug bye everything's fine and the monkey helped them uh figure out their problems no the monkey didn't really do anything thanks little jenna thanks little jenna sorry about your baby uh but we come to the finale of this episode and we learn the 
the second twist of this episode, uh, and we get to talk about Some Like a Time. You've seen it, right? I have. Hey, before you hear crazy rumors and start believing them, the Gibbon did not attack Jenna. He was trying to mate with her face. What? Nothing. Everyone's fine. Hey, Some Like It Hot. I love this movie. My mother told me she and my dad went to see it together, and if that's the stuff she remembers, maybe that's how I should remember him, too. On a date with my mom instead of walking out the door. 1959. Boy, it would have been fun to write back then. You could get away with crazy plot twists because audiences were so much less sophisticated. Wait a minute. This movie came out in 1959? How could my father have been gone from the spring of 57 until 1959 if I was conceived in 58? Jimmy Donaghy's not my father. Twist! So uh, while that was going, I looked at the Lane Street. She passed away in 2014, um, but she only had a role in 30 Rock until 2012, so she just must have been in bad health mm-hmm. and why they couldn't have her back, so... That explains it, but I th- I feel like her send off on the series was tasteful, uh, even though she she hadn't passed away at the time. But um, anyway, so that that just so we clear that up. Um, I guess audiences still aren't sophisticated. If Thirty Rock thought they could pull that one over on us. <laughs> yeah, what well, took you several years to get that <laughs> twist? So. so I mean, yeah, I feel like that line uh, of this of saying I wish I could write for movies back then because it was so much less sophisticated but it's it's clearly her like an inside joke of there's a twist coming pay attention like it's it's a really subtle way of of almost like getting your audience reinvested into an episode after they've sat for 20 minutes it's it's really good it's good it's good line delivery yeah and it's and it's a good twist it's a good twist on the the character for jack because from a show that doesn't do it often because the best twists are when you really don't expect them because especially i feel like in the wake of gone girl there have been so many books and movies marketed around you'll never guess what the twist is but it's like i feel like that puts it in like if you think there's a twist coming you're already like as soon as it starts you're looking for hints and clues and things so like i feel like there is the experience like the best well, twists, the best twists are ones where you don't know there's really going to be one, so you're not thinking to look for it. But you know what I'm saying? I, I feel like I know I feel like there's plenty, plenty of books where I've read it, and if I guess what is in advance, that almost makes it ruins the experience because usually I'm like, oh, I saw that one coming. You know, but if I if I hadn't known, if if I would just known it was a mystery, like okay, like mystery, you know, something's going to happen, but you don't necessarily know there's a big quote unquote big twist. Like that's true. So you may still be blindsided by it, but if you know this is a mystery that has a big plot twist then you're like oh let me see if i can figure out what it so is so you must hate spoiler culture then oh no I'm not at all quite the opposite no but i mean i guess like going off what you're saying like if you know that it's a mystery then you're starting to look for clues and you're looking for the twist but i guess that's that's the fun of mysteries though right is you're trying to determine like who done it right but a mystery doesn't necessarily have a a thriller is not not explicitly a mystery a thriller is just edge of your seat yeah. trying to grasp you in and i i think in terms of of spoiler or not spoiler sorry uh, of twists i guess you could say of the genre or whatever you would, would want to call it like the the thing is when you do so many it just waters it down it lessens the effect every time i mean i think in night Shyamalan is probably one of the bigger names that i think he didn't ruin his career but i think his career was tainted by the fact that nearly all of his films had some sort of twist so now everyone's seeing your movie and they have an expectation of what your twist but seemingly will grade your movie. Like if it's a lame twist, like maybe the village or uh, what was that? The happening. Then it's like, 
it it potentially affects your movie. Yeah. Whereas the, I mean, the twists and signs or um, Sixth Sense like sort of ele- elevated those movies, even though they made. I'm not saying they are, but like if they were subpar and then that twist happens, it's like oh, it, it sort of elevates or it can diminish. Um, but yeah, I think when you when you almost single yourself out as a director that explicitly always has a twist in their movie, it can water it down a little bit and have have your expectations for your film or whatever you're you're doing taint your final product. Yeah. But so my obviously what your favorite twist that you can do this in a second. But my favorite twist ever is one that I never forget because the book itself was not. No, Marcus is a mystery at all. So it, it's a, a novel by a Belgian author who, like, she's famous for writing novels that are sort of autobiographical. They're not, they're not like, they're fiction. So they're sort of, like, sort of things where, like, it kind of plays with real life and is, like, things that are about her. Anyway, so this book is about basically how she starts, becomes a pen pal with an American soldier stationed in the Middle East somewhere. And a big thread of the book is that she writes letters because she's not super technologically savvy and you know she she she, she likes to communicate through writing and yada 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 so you get the impression like because of this autobiographical fiction part that like the author herself isn't necessarily, not necessarily technologically savvy and it's like all of a sudden in the middle of it like it, it, it's even literally like i think it, it's a section where she talks about not being very familiar with internet culture yada yada like within the next couple of paragraphs like it turns out and it's this big twist out of nowhere that she's being catfished and the american the person who's pretending they were an american soldier is actually some like shut-in who just is just like role-playing but like it's so good because the whole book she sets you up as you know she's not technologically savvy but for the author to throw in a massive catfishing twist mm-hmm. like you know that obviously as a person she has to know what that is and because it, it, it came out early early 2010 so it was around the time when catfishing was kind of big in popular culture yeah. and the thing is like it, 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 it wasn't marketed as a thriller or a twist or anything at all it was marketed as just like kind of like a a, a slightly Fiction. comedic novel about a author who exchanges letters with a soldier and it's like like two-thirds of the way through it's they, they're throwing this massive twist and it was so good because there's no reason to, i mean I'm, i haven't gone back to re- see it if there are places i'm sure it's foreshadowed mm-hmm. but it's like there's no indication of anything like that's gonna happen at all so it's like it just slams you out of nowhere and i was like i, I was that's just like cool. oh my god that like it was that's just like that really like it was so good and it was just like she played with you because it was like right before she was like says like oh you know like i don't know anything about technology yada, yada, and it's like bam like actually i do know what i'm talking about and like surprise so she she was catfishing or the she was being catfished. She was being catfished. And it was through letters, but she was exchanging a letter with someone she thought was a, was an American soldier stationed overseas, but it was okay, just so some... That, so that person was catfishing her. Yes. He was just some random, like, shut-in dude who so was writing letters. her admission of saying, I'm not te- technologically savvy, was that then the motive for the person to take advantage of No, no, no. Of it's no. just like, but she, she like, it, it's an unrelated passage a couple paragraphs before she, it, like, it, it, that, that, like, plot comes. She's just, like, talking in general about how she's not big into, like, she doesn't like to have a line using... Mm-hmm. I can't really but it's basically like uh, allusions to how she doesn't she likes to communicate so then the reader and, now and writing the reader then learns that they're being that she was being catfished yes. but the, the writer still or the, the oh no the writer the, 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 the author the, 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 the narrator I mean, of the story I mean so the character that's being catfished now learns she's being catfished yes so how did she learn that is that a spoiler to explain that, or how, how does she? Um, how oh. does she learn that she's being catfished if she's not technologically savvy? Does she learn it in that moment, or the reader learns it and then no, she, she learns it? She, she she learns it. I, I forget exactly how. Okay. Like, 
I, I, I forget exactly how it how it she finds exactly. out. It, like I can't remember if he like just writes it straight out that oh by the way I'm just like I, I don't think it was that like straightforward mm-hmm. or whatever. But like it's I I can't remember exactly. But it's just but she like, starts connecting dots. Yeah, she okay. exactly and like all of a sudden it's like she knows. It, it, well, I thought it was funny because I mean obviously it's through written letters, so it's not a, it's not a traditional like on the internet picture catfish. But it's like it was just funny because it was juxtaposed with like here's a thing about talking about the internet and like, so she's being catfished like through old school memes or whatever, but it's still like a very modern concept. Do you think the writer was writing that book for a while and then catfish had become like a big thing and she's like oh this is how i can i can finish my my book i mean it's maybe or do you think not necessarily because i mean she i mean she's very prolific she releases a novel almost every year and like she's i mean i mean she's not like a so she was trendy or whatever writer like most of her a lot of her novels are kind of like slice of life like kind of comedic but also sometimes like random like surreal twist not not, not a twist endings but like surreal endings like it'll be like it'll be like a normal plot for like nine tenths of the book and like the last tenth is like this sort of like fantastical random not necessarily a twist ending but just like a surrealist kind of weird or thought-provoking ending so it's like it was just it, yeah so it, it's it's not a genre like twist or mysteries or anything that isn't something she typically does so it was just like it was just so I I mean and this is like probably the fourth or fifth book of her I, hers I'd read, so I was pretty familiar with the general style. Like you know, nothing like that at all before. So it just it just so hit me. Diverse. That's good. It just slammed me out of nowhere, and I just it, that's and like I, I'll never like twist. I'll never forget it. Like if, if if I ever think of a twist, like that's the first one I go to because it was just so like it was so great. Anyway, well, have you had enough time and time to think of your favorite twist? Uh, I wish I had more time. I know there's tons that I've seen that have, that have stood out. I mean, there's probably tons of movies that I could name, but um, I'm gonna cheat a little bit because I'm looking at uh, my shelf that has all my game stuff on it. And there's there's a game called Shadow of the Colossus. And this isn't a spoiler, nerds. The game's like 15 <laughs> years old. You've had your time to play this game. It's been released multiple times. Uh, but in it, so it's it's a fantastic game. It's it's basically nothing but boss battles. That's the whole game. You travel from one place to another, fight a boss, you wake back up, and you just repeat it. And you're fighting different bosses, so there's different tactics and different um, weaknesses and, and advantages you have and the monsters have or whatever. But they're just these gigantic monstrosities. You're literally supposed to climb up every single one, find a weak spot, exploit it, and just recycle all of that. It's a fantastic game. It's beautiful. It's it's so simplistic in its idea and its presentation, but it's there's something about it that like it's just like wow i i can't stop playing it and it's it's a brief game you can probably finish about 15 hours anyway um so the game starts and there's an opening cinematic of you on a horse with uh, a girl with you and she's not she's seemingly comatose or she's weak or something so she's on the horse with you you take her to this shrine you put her on the shrine and then this this voice starts talking to you like if you want her to bring back to life um go do these things and so it just tasks you go into this open world and and explore and then you stumble upon these colossus colossi there's multiples right it doesn't matter we're not doesn't matter um so you start fighting these things and there's like 15 or 16 of them but as the game progresses every time you beat one there's a statue in the same shrine where the lady is held one crumbles and as the game's progressing there's seemingly more and more to it that they're not telling you but they're sort of giving you hints to it. and at the very end it turns out the colossus were actually protecting the world so by you defeating them you're becoming this evil incarnate and now you're unleashing yourself the, you're unleashing it that takes you over to take over the world again so it's just like it's, it was one of those games that it doesn't 
really set up anything of that. You just think it's just going to be this exploratory world of go out and fight bosses because that's cool. That's what you do in video games. And then there's this deeper story. It's not so much a deep lore, but it's a deeper story of like, oh, there's, you know, obviously consequences for your actions. You never there was not many games before that was like you're questioning like why am i going into these areas and just beating up these people that live here it doesn't make any sense i'm just i'm the hero that's what i'm supposed to do that's what i've been doing for 20 years of video games so it it sort of asks the questions of like are you aware of what your actions and why you actually are are you tasked to go in and there's been some games that have come since then that that do posit that question a lot better of like are we are we the bad guys? Because uh, there's ooh Starship Troop, not Starship Troopers. There's a there's another movie that oh I mean Ender's Game. Ender's Game. I think that's another good. It's sim- similar that's example of you yeah. don't you yeah. don't necessarily see that coming, mm-hmm. and then the twist yeah. happens, and you're like oh, I mean yeah we're not exactly squeaky clean yeah. are we? Like, yeah. Which Orson Scott's card is a piece of fucking yeah. garbage, but goddamn that book is good. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm not I'm not a fan of it, but if you're you're right. That is a, that is a good example of of thing where it's not necessarily even indicated at all that there's going to be some sort of choice. Yeah. So when it comes along, it like comes as like a genuine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, th- like those, those are the two that if I wish I had more time, I, would, I probably would have looked into it better. But that, those two are some of the more recent cool. relatively recent standouts yeah i'd also say the good place is a great example of a twist that, like everyone sort of knew was coming but somehow they still managed to pull it off in a way that like shocked everyone because it was like yeah. i remember seeing a lot of chatter of discussing of like oh what if it's you what know if it's, what if it's something like this and yeah. it's like people talked about it here and there on and off but it was like still when the finale came around it was like oh my gosh like yeah. that you know the way they somehow, somehow they still it was something that people guessed a lot and it's still like it managed to feel novel which is right. really really hard to do yeah so is that show wrapping up well, you think, in its final season? Or is it like, eh, it's good? But. So, okay, so I would say, I, I, I know I've read a lot of people that uh, who think that the final season has been kind of eh. Personally, I think it's the strongest. It's like, I, I thought the show did at its best in the first season through the first half of the second season. To me, the season overall has been the best since then. I think it mm-hmm. kind of sagged in the second and third seasons. But... I will say the last couple episodes and the finale hasn't aired yet. It's airing next week as we record this. Mm. But it's interesting because so the last two episodes have both ended in a way that could have been the series finale. Mm. So I'm just trying to figure out What's... how they're going to extend the plotting. Because it was like the first, you know, they end with a big thing. It's like that could have been the end. It's like so they managed to find a way to get another episode of plot and the way it ends is the way it could have ended. So it's like Yeah, I I, I saw the I, I don't know full context, but I saw it this morning. I was like, is that the and you were like I, and then I was watching. And I was like, "This looks like the finale." And you're like, "I don't know how they're going to set up for the next yeah. episode." And it's, it's and an hour. Like, it's an hour long, I think, episode. Oh, so. okay. So they'll. they'll I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll find something. something they, but they, they didn't set anything up in the end. Like usually, they have that last five seconds. Mm-hmm. Like there's like the charming little happy music, and there's like a like a baseline that's like, oh, something bad's going to happen. There's none of that. I was like, oh, that must have been the finale. Like, apparently yeah. not. That's so. what I'm kind of wondering because, like, it's both ended on such, like, sweet notes. Is, like, the finale going to end on, like, a sour twist or something? I don't think they will. Not necessarily sour, but just, like, not as positive. I don't know. I, I don't think that. I mean, I feel like that show, because it, 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 it's the same people that did Parks and Rec, that's it's going to end on a good note. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm well. I hope it's not another fan servicey. What everyone's doing in ten years from now, like, I, I, I really didn't like that. Like I, I was so disappointed. Like, like I thought the relatively divisive. The last season I really liked up until I thought I just. But it made sense I, to me. It made sense. I mean, no, right? Because I, like, I, I understand the purpose it served and why people would like it. I just, for me personally, 
it just it felt like a clip show of here let, let's That's follow true. up with everyone in 10 and it, i really didn't like it but i just i, just I, I understand why people it. do like yes. you don't want to end it on a sour note you don't of want your heroes to be well like, dead you could have ended i mean they could have ended on a sweet finale without it i mean the 30 rock finale is a really good finale i think yeah. i remember but 30 rock had always presented itself as sort of Dark humor. Parks right, and Rec was but, always squeaky. That's true, but I mean, Thirty so, Rock ends in a positive way. It ends in a positive way, but it's, it's still like it's it's still like yeah, it's less fan service. But I mean, Parks and Rec could just be kind of had always been that squeaky clean that it just it made sense it was going to end that way. Um, but I, I absolutely it's the same with like How I Met Your Mother. Like that last season's very divisive for a lot of people, and I kind of agree. But at the same time, like eh, it ended it ended the most logical way. So. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, we'll see. I need to go back through that. Like, I only get to like season four or five, and I'm just kind of like, I don't want. I don't have another four season yeah. in the show. It's fine. I have a lot of memories of that show, but there's just other stuff that I watch anyway. Some like it hot. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we haven't talked about that yet. Uh, yeah. So, some like it hot. Uh, I think it was high school when I first saw this movie. I think it was in my film appreciation class. Ooh. I think is when we first saw it, um, which is, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I was, you know, curmudgeonly little high school kid. I was like, this is going to be stupid. And then I watched it. I was like, oh my God, this is fantastic. And it, like, for at that time, it would have been a 40-year-old film. And I was like, oh my God, this somehow still holds up? Like, that's insane. Like, and I haven't, I have not watched it since then. Yeah. But I can only imagine it still holds up. Yeah, probably. I need I need to rewatch it. Yeah, I saw it. It was randomly. It was some. I remember it was some random afternoon. I was home with my sister, so it either would have been a summer during high school or college when I was home from break. I can't remember which, but it was like randomly on the afternoon for some reason. Like we watched, and it was yeah, it was really. I just remember it being really, really good. And really, yeah, really like funny. genuinely yeah. funny for being a forty-year-old film. It's like that's awesome, but. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I, I mean, it's been, honestly, it's been too long since I've seen it to yeah, really like have like. I really should have rewatched it before this, but um, yeah, maybe I will sometime soon. Give it another got another show, another shot is what I'm trying to say. Another shot. Anyway, any other thoughts on the natural order before we wrap things? Well, I guess we should give our final thoughts on the whole episode. But as I said at the beginning, I thought it was a very sharp, yeah. funny episode. No, I, I still think I don't. There's not much in here that's to stand out aside from just a lot of the tracy and liz battles uh, but the important stuff of like the jack twist of maybe he doesn't maybe the daddy knows isn't his real dad like that's important but it still it comes in the very end it almost could have been pushed to another episode or something um, but they're setting something up so i think um yeah i think it, it's it's a good episode for that otherwise it would just have been a filler episode with with funny bits but ultimately a filler episode but elaine stritch is used again and she's used fantastically we don't get her back um again until season four which is weird because i would think she shouldn't be she should be involved in what's going to happen in the next couple episodes but anyway we'll get there when we get there uh any other thoughts on the natural order nope nope all right well as always thank you for joining us on go to there if you like what we're doing rating and reviewing and all that fun stuff it's going to be the best way to help us out and next time we will see you in episode 57 season 3 episode 21 Mia. here we go again nope <laughs> david take us out see you next time
I think I've proven my point. Oh, my God! Like, we really have time for you to walk down the stairs that slowly. 